This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Hi, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. We are continuing our series looking at the dynamic learning framework that comes from Casey Bell's book, Shake Up Learning, Practical Ideas to Move Learning from Static to Dynamic. I am once again uh, joined by Casey Bell. Thank you, Casey. My pleasure. I'm excited to continue talking about this. So the fourth strategy from your dynamic learning framework is beyond the tools. Now, this topic I find quite interesting because I see it as beginning to help teachers to be more innovative uh, with what they're doing in their classrooms. What do you like so much about going beyond the tools? So this one's probably more of a pet peeve (laughs) than any other of the beyonds. But when I say beyond the tool, I want teachers to think beyond using digital tools to do traditional things like typing a paper. We want to use digital tools to do new things, things that were not previously possible. And so I prefer to think of this as like a continuum from one end of the spectrum where we're using digital tools to do old things to the other end where we're using digital tools to do new things. And I just like to see it as sort of the sliding scale. Because you know what? Sometimes substitution is perfectly fine. I don't mean that. And I think sometimes that's why some of the scammer frameworks and the T-packs and things like that can be frankly intimidating to teachers because they feel like they've got they're not they're failing if they're not always reaching that highest level and I think sometimes it's just the way it gets interpreted to them but I just want to keep it simple and we're going to talk about how we can just push that envelope again going beyond just to do some new things with the tools we have at our disposal and so how do you see going beyond the tools then helping to create lifelong learners So I I believe, well, for (laughs) it's definitely going to help teachers learn some new things. The pet peeve I was mentioning earlier is the fact that I get asked at least weekly how to put a worksheet in Google Classroom. And my question is always, what is it that you're teaching? What's your learning goal is, you know, because there may be something that's a better solution and way less complicated than trying to put a PDF in a format that kids can doodle on, right? So (laughs) I actually did an entire podcast episode on this and I titled it, Stop Asking Me How to Put Worksheets in Google Classroom. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go back and listen to that one. But I, I... That is kind of the philosophy, though, behind this is that so much of the time it it reflects not only the teacher's mindset, but just what they've been exposed to in their own professional learning. Like sometimes I get questions from teachers that just tell me a lot about where they are in the process of of technology integration. And when they ask me those those questions, it's not so much that I feel like they're doing something wrong. It's just, they just don't know any better. You know, they've never thought, Oh, that a Google doc is not just another piece of paper, right? It, yeah. it does these other things. We can collaborate. In fact, you and I are collaborating in one right now. <laughs> so that's what that's that's really what my point is with this. So in terms of this helping students, you know who's better at this than anybody about figuring out how to use a tool in a way that you've never expected? 
kids, kids can do this. And we just have to give them the room to do it, you know, to let them be more creative, to think of different ways to use things, even allow it. You know, how many times I, I talk to kids and they're just doing the same assignments using the same tools over and over again. So they've got technology integration going, you know, I'll talk to, um, I talked to a school district actually here locally in Texas and they were one-to-one with iPads at elementary, one-to-one with MacBook Airs in middle school and high school. So this was a school that was not hurting for technology. They had it. They had some expensive technology. And I had the privilege of facilitating a student panel. And I had kids from third grade through 12th grade. Now, it was in the summer, so keep in mind the kids that volunteered to do this in the summer were either teacher's kids or or they were high achiever kids getting some kind of community service credit. So these kids were on stage, and I asked them, So what are you doing with your iPads and your MacBooks? Every single kid at every grade level said, I'm making a presentation, I'm making a presentation, I'm making a presentation. I tried to dig deeper. I'm like, okay, does that mean you're really just making a presentation? Or is it something like what I talk about all the time, how you can use Google Slides to create other things besides the presentation? No. That's what they were doing. That's what those expensive devices had become, Um, research tools and presentation tools. And that's very eye-opening. By the way, if you've never done a student panel in your school district, highly recommend it. Very, very eye-opening. But anyway, so coming back to that, so there's a huge missed opportunity. And that's really how I like to frame these things. This is a missed opportunity because there's so much more that we can do with the tools we have at our disposal that are helpful kids prepare for the world they're going to live in to help them become more creative thinkers because creativity is vastly becoming more important than literacy according to sir ken robinson but um the the idea that we're preparing kids for these jobs that don't exist the ones that can be automated will be right we've talked about that before what's left requires creativity and innovation And if we're not giving them those opportunities to be creative, they're not going to be able to stretch those creative legs when the time comes. They definitely won't be. That's uh, Sir Ken Robinson's uh, TED talk, I think is what you're referring to there too, in Mm -hmm. terms of that whole creativity being so important. And I do agree creativity is very important. I do disagree though that I do still think literacy is going to be (laughs) the number one thing that is is important on the list. In fact, I have a podcast about the importance of literacy for lifelong learning because if you cannot read, you're going to be fairly stuck for the what you can access, you know, if, particularly if you're starting to look at academic stuff, there's not a lot of academic stuff that's in a video or audio format yet. I know it's coming, but you know, at this point, you still need to be able to read uh, as at least your foundation of your of your learning. But that's a, that's a different topic. Let's get back to go beyond tools. Uh, so, can you provide a few tips then for our teachers on how they can go beyond the tools in their classroom and what they should be doing as they look at these tools? Maybe provide a few examples of how you could use with those students. How could they use slides differently? How can they use docs differently? How could they use you know, all these great tech tools that we have or even just other learning tools that aren't tech? How can we use them differently? Right. Well, and one of the number one things that I refer to all the time, I've probably beat this one to the ground, but is Google Slides. Google Slides is my favorite tool in G Suite because it is so flexible. And a lot of teachers don't realize that with just a couple of simple tweaks to a slide deck, you can really begin to see this as a creation tool and not just a 
create a template, add your text and your photos and present it. You can change the size of the slides by going to file page setup. You can go to file download as so you can download things as a PDF. You can convert things. You can do all kinds of really amazing things like creating eBooks. Google Slides. You can do stop motion animation with Google Slides. Matt and I have done at least three episodes just on this topic. I have an entire class called Google Slides Masterclass that's all about how to use slides in alternative ways. So, you know, just thinking of that one tool, and you know what, sometimes we don't see them ourselves, right? Sometimes we have to build in these types of activities in our classroom to allow students the opportunity to do that. So one of the things that I like to recommend to teachers is I am a big fan of student choice and choice boards, but to allow students to sometimes propose their own tool that they want to use and maybe have a teacher approval process for that. But a lot of times kids have their finger on the pulse of whatever's new and hot. And, you know, if I sit down with a kid who's got a phone, I'm going to learn like 20 new things. <laughs> you know, I just don't do the things that they do. And so, you know, sometimes you just sit down with a kid and you're like, hey, you want to help me with this? What do you think of this? Have you ever tried this? And we can get so many new ideas and they can create and they can tap into those creative energies and do things and create infographics and learn how to communicate in different ways. You know, even with Google Docs, some of the things that you and I were doing was, one, we're collaborating in real time. You know, a lot of teachers ignore that, and they only let students create their own doc individually. They're missing out the number one selling point of Google Docs, which is collaboration. Yeah, the whole G Suite tools. That they're all yeah, yeah, that's, the main, that's it. The yeah. big thing that they've really you know, taken home and done exceptionally well, I've got to say, is that. Yes. Yes, and, and that, that has always been the selling point for me when I talk to school districts about why to go Google collaboration. You know, we, we were using the chat field, uh, feature built in and we were actually writing together and sharing links and doing other things. So we were making that a more dynamic document than just the static replacement for a piece of paper. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it keeps one, one version of things and it just it makes things so much easier. That's Beautiful. So now I want you to pick just one. What is, um, uh, rather than saying, you know, where should my teacher start? I'm actually going to ask you, what is your favorite thing that you do with a, any kind of, you know, learning instrument that you do that actually is not what it's generally designed for, or at least, you know, what we normally think of it traditionally being used for? One thing that I do frequently in Google Slides is I have created almost all of the free eBooks on my website using Google Slides. I started out in docs and because my, my cheat sheets and things have so many pictures and screenshots, I about pulled my hair out trying to get the text wrapped around the image the way I wanted. I don't know if anybody else has ever tried to do that, but it's, yeah, it's, no, definitely. it's Slides a is a lot better for that, definitely. Yeah, and so once you realize, one, I can change this to the size of paper and I can layer things on top of each other. I can use this as a photo editor. I can use this to download it as a PDF, which is then the most universally accepted file format. And I don't have to worry about sharing things or putting things so even, you know, Grandma Nebraska can read it. Yeah, I actually wrote a workshop recently where I, the whole workshop is about how you use slides to replace what you know, Microsoft have as, as publisher uh, and you mm -hmm. using slides to basically be like a publisher because it's that 
flexible. In fact, I think it's more flexible because you can also, if you want to create ebooks and stuff, you can put videos in it. You, know, you don't mm-hmm. have to just have text. And yeah. You can, you can do choose your own parts. adventure. You can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. So thank you so much, Casey. It was great again to have you on providing your insights and your wisdom here. I can't wait for our last episode next week. So thank you again for joining me and I'll see you next week. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit teacherspd.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.